Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Listen, if you're, if you're here with us today, man, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Let me just maybe say this, and we'll, we'll dive right in here. You know, for the last week, I just felt like, man, as we had an opportunity to, you know, to dedicate those kids to the Lord. Man, what an awesome thing, right? And uh, that, that, man, I just felt really a strong impression from the Lord all week that, that we need to focus on our kids. And, uh, you, you know, we're a church that, you know, I've said this before, man, we're not a church that's just going to focus on all adults, you know, and, and uh, you know, forget about everybody else. We believe that, uh, you know, if a kid's born, that they're just smart, just as much a part of the church as, uh, you know, a 90-year-old uh, grumpy old man, right? So... So we love kids. We're a generational church. So anyways, so we're going to focus on some kids today, and I just encourage you to open your hearts. And um, let me maybe say this, is as we focus on kids, I realize that not every person in the room uh, has biological children. And I also recognize that some of you guys, uh, you know, your kids are grown and they're out of the house. Can I get a praise God? <clears throat> Man, if you've ever had a teenage boy, those jokers can eat, right? So anyways... So, but listen, whatever the case may be, I, wanna, I just want to remind every one of us that in some shape or form, if it's us being a parent, if it's us being a grandparent, if it's us, you know, being an aunt or an uncle, or maybe we're, you know, a friend, or maybe we're a neighbor, or it's just you're part of a, a, this family. If you're visiting with us today, you got a family back home, uh, you know, where you're from. But, but whatever it is, man, we, we all have kids around us. Yes? And uh, listen, I think we should all understand that that is a great privilege, and, uh, and it's also a great responsibility that we have before the Lord to influence those children for His glory. Now, now, when I say kids, I mean from birth to about 18 years old, so if you're a teenager in here today, we are talking about you too, all right? So it's different than school. We, we don't talk behind your back. We talk to your face. And anyways, so if, if I could just use this moment to bring a little bit of perspective here. In, in my opinion, there's probably never been a, another time in, in Western civilization history where a generation of children have been subjected to a, an extreme avalanche of vulgarity, violence, drug abuse, addiction, and sexual sin. Can I get an amen? That's true. Listen, because that's true as believers, I don't think we should ever underestimate uh, our role and our, and our importance in the life of a kid. And, you know, in fact, I think this, in, in many ways, uh, their development and their growth depends on our interaction with them. And, and so I'm just saying that because I want us to understand, once again, the severity that's in this. Now, you know, I, I have the opportunity to coach a, uh, you know, third, fourth grade soccer team. And I can't tell you how many, um, I'll say every practice, I'm on three days a week, every time I look at them, I think about that. Right? In other words, I just don't think that, hey, man, I'm here to tell you how to kick a ball. But I think about, man, what, what, what kind of impact are we going to make over the next X amount of weeks with these kids? Right? And obviously here as a church, I don't want us to just look at it as, you know, this is my kids and it's just my kids. And, uh, you know, or my kids are grown and I'm kind of free of that. I want us to see that all these kids around here, uh, re- really they belong to all of us. Is that okay to say that? So... 
I, I want to start with sharing something that I actually shared in a small group the other night. So if you were in our small group, you already heard this, but I, I shared this Friday night, and I, I read this years ago, and I actually read it from a book uh, that married those guys right there, uh, Tim Elmore out in California, uh, a fabulous book that he wrote called The Portrait of a Leader. And anyways, he, he said this, and I think this will kind of points in the right direction. He said this, said, in ancient China, the people wanted security from the barbaric hordes to the north, so they built what is known as the Great Wall of China. If you've ever seen a picture of the Great Wall of China, wave your hand and say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, the other day I was like, you know, I want to see how big that doggone thing is because it's huge. And I was blown away to, to you know, to realize that here's this, this big old wall that they've made, out, obviously, out of stones, that it is, uh, you know, 20 to 23 feet high. The highest section is 46 feet. And, uh, you know, at the width at the bottom is, is what is this, 21 feet. At the top, it, it averages 13 to 16 feet that they made it to kind of get a visual image here, uh, you, you know, uh, wide enough for four horses to run along in the same direction. And, and so, but the thing that blew me away the, the most is, is when I looked and found out how big the thing is, how long the thing is. It's actually uh, 13,170 plus miles. And, uh, you know, to kind of give you, I, I guess, some perspective of that, that equals to traveling from coast to coast in the United States, across the United States, uh, 4.7 times. That's a big wall. Yes? So, so in, in the magnitude of that wall, they thought this, that the wall was so high, they believed that no one could climb over it and so thick no one could break it down. It says, so they settled back to enjoy their security. It says, but during the first hundred years of the wall's existence, China was invaded three times. It says, not once, this is the point here, not once did the barbaric hordes break down the wall or climb over it. Each time they bribed a gatekeeper and then marched right through the gates. It says the Chinese were so busy relying on walls of stone that they forgot to teach character to their children. The main point I want us to kind of draw from this is, is this thought, okay? And we'll throw it up on the screen here, but that it's easier to build healthy boys and girls than it is to mend broken men or broken women. Listen, so for today, I want us to maybe take the next few minutes, because I'm not going to preach long today, because we got some food to eat. Um, I think we, yeah, I'm pumped. Anyways, I had a fat guy moment there. All right, so got lost in what I was going to eat, for real. Um, that's bad. Anyways, so, so for the next few minutes, I want to focus on a few things that I believe that are essential uh, to building or to developing, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy kids. And uh, I want to kind of as a, you know, disclaimer here, I realize that, but when I'm sharing this, I'm also stepping in my inadequacies and that, you know, Jen and I are not perfect parents, uh, not even close, but I, I think we try our best to be teachable. We try our best to, uh, you know, to learn and to grow, and we're constantly learning what not to do and what to do. And so, anyways, these are just a few things from my heart. I'm going to probably leave things out that are dear to you, uh, but these are things that constantly roll around in my heart with our kids, and I just hope they help you. So, number one, here we go. If we want healthy kids, we must be intentional. Somebody say intentional. intentional. Listen, I try to remind myself quite often that, that children uh, don't operate well on autopilot. And meaning this, that the kids don't raise themselves, right? And, and I will say this, as, as a coach, 
uh, I've had the opportunity over the last few years to see kids that are trying to raise themselves, and it does not work well, okay? Listen, that, that, that kids do not automatically honor God, and they don't automatically love people without a significant amount of intentional, loving, and honest instruction from us as adults, Now, once again, I'm asking you to see this today, not just with your children, but also with the kids that you have influence with. Okay, so if I can maybe add this, I think sometimes as parents, uh, we think that our kids are automatically, as believing parents, that our kids are automatically going to love God and they're going to love people. But I want you to know that they're not going to automatically love God and love people because we do. Right? In other words, there needs to be a, a healthy amount of instruction. If, uh, if that wasn't the case, I don't believe God would have told us this, and probably every parent in the room can quote this one, uh, but it says, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. I actually want to uh, tell you what the New Living Translation says. I like it as well. It says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And then it says this, and we actually uh, read this earlier when, when the two families were up here. But once again, I want you to see the intentionality of this. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, once again, listen, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That's your part as parents. That is your number one responsibility is to love God with everything that's in you. That's a great place to say amen, all right? And then it says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly, once again, to these commands, or we'll just say the Bible uh, that God gives us. And watch the intentionality here. It says, repeat them again and again to your children. How many guys know that you don't repeat something again and again and again unless it's intentional? And then it says, talk about them, once again, when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you are going to bed or putting them to bed, and when you're getting up. I, I actually believe that it's very important. Uh, Jen has to get on me quite a bit about this, but I think it's really important to put your kids to bed. Yeah? There's that moment. Let me just say this. I, I just a thought here. Um, I, I was reading a book one time, and and um, it was a book by Robert Morris, and he said this. He said that uh, he got frustrated because when he would go put his kids in bed, uh, he would ask them to pray, and they would pray the exact same thing every night. And he said, Lord, what's the deal? And, and basically the Lord rebuked him and say, they do that because you do that when you put them into bed. And so he began to understand that, man, if I'm going to take this moment, and I, parents, I encourage you to do this, to take that spot, and I realize that a lot of us are like, uh, pump when we put our kids to bed because we're hoping that we can get some free time, right? But, but there's that side, if you can pause for a moment, be a little bit more uh, disciplined, I guess, and, and God-centered and, and go, okay, well, I'm going to pray for my kids today, but, but take time to, to pray what's in the Father's heart for your kids. Don't get in a rut there, amen? amen. Number two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move quickly here. Healthy kids will require us as adults to be fully present, this is huge. Don't blow this off. What I mean by that is, is to give our kids our full attention. In fact, uh, you know, statistics say that uh, basically a parent gives their kids, I think it's like six to eight minutes of undivided attention a day. Now, if you stop and think about it, if you want to raise your kids in a godly way, how much attention is the world giving them a day? A whole lot more than six to eight minutes a day. That TV is indoctrinating more kids than we would like to admit. So listen, um, I'll say this. Um, Yesterday before our soccer game began, knowing what I was going to preach today, and I wasn't planning on talking about soccer so much today either, but anyways, I'm sitting there and I think we have, I don't know, like 
19 kids on the team. And, and I looked at him. I said, okay, guys, um, I'm going to be talking to a, a room full of adults tomorrow about kids. What's the first thing that you would want them to know? And I said this, what, what is the, and I said, what's the number one thing that you feel like you need from adults? The little girl on my right immediately, without even breathing, said, we need attention. Right? And, and I think it's this. In fact, I'll, I'll just say this. Kids interpret love as face-to-face, undivided attention time. And, you know, I read this from uh, Art Linkletter, you know, a while back, but it said this. this. Does anybody know what Art Linkletter is? Okay, all right, there you go. It's the younger generation probably doesn't know there. But he said this. He said, I will never forget the gasp from my TV audience when I asked a six-year-old boy what he had liked to take to heaven. It says, if he had his choice, what would he take? The kid replied this. He said, my mother and dad, because I think they would have more time for me up there. So listen, it's this. I realize that so often uh, when it comes to our kids, if we're being honest, a lot of us, when we're just with kids, let me maybe say it that way, we feel uh, ill-equipped to relate to them. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I have. I got four of them, and sometimes I still feel that way. And I realize that sometimes we are tired from working all day or we are neck deep of dealing with our own issues. And I think that's a, a huge problem there is we're so focused on ourselves. We don't focus on kids a lot. And then uh, also on that is sometimes we are just trying to find time for ourselves. My whole point is this, is that way too often our kids get our leftovers. Right? They get our leftover time and, and we may be you know, in a room with them, but man, they really don't have us. That's something in the last three years that, that I've tried to focus on and make it a point in my life to go, okay, when I'm with my kids, can I give them my full attention? Because it's so easy, and, and some of you guys know this, uh, especially if you've ever been in leadership, it's easy to sit in a room and think about all the other things that's going on in life and, and, and totally not even checked in with the people right there in front of you. Yeah? It's like how many times have you sat at a dinner table and ate and you were a thousand miles away? Yeah. Am I the only one? So I want to encourage you in this, you you know, even though statistically speaking, parents of America uh, spend less time with their children than any other country in the world, I think think that just in our own hearts, I just want to encourage you to make time for our kids. And, And when you have time with them, Give them your undivided attention, whatever it is. And it can be simple things with kids like, uh, we're going to the store and I'm with you at this moment. That means something to kids. You know, it, you know, if you're an adult in the room, think about, uh, you know, when you were a kid, what sticks out significantly to you? Uh, you know, I remember, I don't know why, but my dad, uh, you know, two things that stick out. And obviously my parents were divorced. They got divorced when I was a month old. And uh, so I spent every other weekend with my dad in, in the month of July. But... Uh, two things that stick out when he would actually go in the yard and play football with us and then the other thing and some of you parents are not going to prove of this uh, when, when he led us bravely into bottle rocket wars and uh, yes we yes my dad was shooting me with bottle rockets but I was also trying to shoot him so anyways uh, there was four boys and that's I guess that's what we do anyways so number three here if we want to build healthy kids then we need to don't miss this we need to sweat the small stuff has anybody ever heard the old statement, don't sweat the small stuff? That's an ignorant statement. And the reason is, is if we take a step back, more often than not, we'll find out that it was the small stuff that became the big stuff. 
And, and those things, when they become big, they become detrimental. So, so guys, don't underestimate uh, the importance of dressing the smallest details in kids' lives. And, and if I can maybe say this for a second, uh, I think so often when we go, uh, you know, well, well that's, I'm going to prophesy to you, that's their kid. They don't, they don't have a kid yet, but that's their kid, so I'm not going to say anything to them. But I think sometimes we need to say that to them. And I will admit, as a parent, it is very difficult when somebody says something to your kid. Y'all are getting all quiet, but you know that's true, right? But, but, but sometimes, I, you know, I will say this, especially as I got older, if I'm being honest, and, and parents, I'm trying to free me up and you up here, is as a kid, there were so many times that when my mom spoke, I heard Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> but, but when another parent would say something to me, it got my attention, and so once again, it takes a village to raise kids. And so, you know, you know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I think we need to be willing to, uh, once again, d- just, just be honest with kids. And we can be honest without tearing kids down. Amen? Amen. All right, so number four. If we want to have influence with kids, we need to be consistent. In fact, if I can stress it, and this is hard, but we need to be so consistent we're boring. What I mean by that is, is we don't ever surprise our kids in what they're going to get from us. In other words, we are so true to who we are that they know what they're going to get every time. The, the reason I think this is important is because a lack of consistency really confuses kids. And, you know, I'll say this, even as a grown man... You, you know, I, you know, being on church staffs and knowing that I've had to go in, uh, you know, some grown man's office that, you know, whatever, held whatever position. I, you know, there was one guy that was on our staff. He was an old man. And I would literally, I said this. I said, that guy, fill in the blank. I said, it's like throwing a bone in the room. And if the dog wags his tail, you know, it's safe going in. And if he growls and barks at you, then you know you need to keep moving that morning. Has anybody ever worked with somebody like that? So often, I think that's the way we can be with kids. I mean, here, let's just be honest. How many times have we, have we punished our kids just more so because they're inconvenient instead of taking a step, it's an inconvenience, instead of taking a step back and actually training our kids? It's easier to holler at them. A whole lot more difficult to train them. Amen? My kids are in here. You're probably going to throw this stuff. Dad, you said. <laughs> but, but I think this, it's like when there's a lack of consistency, man, it, it destroys any healthy respect that a kid has for authority. And, uh, and the reason is, is because they never know what they're going to get, just like me and that, that old guy, right? And if you want some, you know, if you're a Bible person here and you really want an example of, of a really bad dad, Go read about King David, because the man was a, a great worshiper, but he was an awful father. And one of the reasons he was an awful father is because he was so inconsistent. He treated one one way, and he treated another one another way, and it always caused problems. In fact, the reason Absalom tried to take his kingdom from him is because he was a bad dad. That's it. If he had been a good father, he would never have been in that position. And it goes back, you can read the story about how his daughter uh, was treated. Basically, I'll just say it in case you need to know. Uh, you know, obviously he had many wives. He had kids from a lot of different women. And one of his sons raped one of his other daughters. 
and he didn't respond, and it ticked Absalom off. And so Absalom uh, waited, and he later killed his own half-brother because dad didn't intervene. Right, am I making sense? Not a good dad, okay? So go read it if you, if you have time. So let me maybe say this. When, when adults struggle uh, to consistently set a good example, they, they maybe don't say it, but they think things pretty much like this. Do as I say, not as I do. And, and I want you to know that never works with kids. And, and the reason is, is because I have found personally, once again, I, you know, I, I'm kind of being, I'm always open and honest with you guys. But there's been time that I've, I have these two awesome kids right here that I'll be in the house and I'll hear them say something to one another. Maybe it's tone, attitude, whatever, that I don't like at all. And I'll go to say something. But before I say something, I realize they learned it from me. Somebody say, Ouch. Yeah, that's embarrassing. So anyways, so let me maybe add one more thing. And this is really to parents. Uh, because as a, as a guy that was a youth pastor for well over a decade, um, I saw parents blow it in this area a lot. And I want to stress to you guys not to do this. But listen to me. Kids don't need a buddy. They need a parent. Uh, too many parents are trying to become friends with their kids and it does not work. And in fact, if you, if you need a little support in that, the Bible clearly says in the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother, not to honor your buddy. Right? There's a place that parents have. That, let me just say this. Um, I remember hearing a kid one time, uh, a group of kids, basically, uh, they were bragging. Well, not bragging. They were all jealous. That's the right word. Because one kid in the group didn't have uh, a curfew. And they were like, man, I wish that was you. My parents are so strict. And the kid that didn't have a curfew actually said this. He goes, guys, you don't understand. I wish my parents would give me a curfew because then I would know that they loved me. You know, with me. You, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'll, let me say it to these young parents here's generation. Is I think, I think, you know, this generation is coming up. Obviously, we have entitlement problems and all kinds of mess. But, but, but it's like... It's like uh, they go, my parents did this to me. I'll never do that. You're in trouble. And you're creating yourself a, a, uh, a storm for later on in life. There's things that I do now with my kids because you may be three and I'm going to address it like this because when you're 13, I'm going to need you to listen to me. Right? And it says, well, we don't do that. Well, we don't. Well, you're causing problems for yourself and you're really hurting little Johnny for later. Amen? Amen. Number five. Here we go. The next thing the kids need from us, and this is huge, and this is really everybody in the room, for every kid, right? Uh, they, they need us to give them a place to belong. Can y'all smile at me? Y'all are looking like, like y'all mean mugging me. <laughs> they need a place to belong. And it, it's this. I, I'll say this. Once again, being open. In the last year, have, have, you, have you ever had those times with the Lord where it's like he lets you hear you what you're saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, so I, and it was funny because, uh, you know, and I'm sure you know if you walk with the Lord, there's things that, that come out of your mouth and you'll feel that eh, in your gut and you just kind of ignore it and go on. Well, that had been happening for a while. And then one day I, I heard myself saying this, uh, you know, this is my house. How many dads have said that? You know, and I said, quit, quit standing on my couch. Quit slamming my door. And guess what happened? The Lord rebuked me. 
And here's what he said to me, and I want some of you parents to hear this. He, he told me this. He said that if I don't reaffirm my kids' place in our home, how could I ever expect them to feel safe, secure, and loved? Make sense? And it was in this sense that he said this. Man, Quentin, are, are you guys not a family? If you're really a family, then this is our home. And I realized something, man. If I want my kids to treat something with respect, then I need to give them ownership of it. It's theirs too. It's theirs. And, and, you know, I understand the part of, hey, this is our house and these are our rules. I get that. But, you know, if, I think if we make it, if we, if we love them into a sense of belonging, we'll, it'll be a whole lot easier for us. It'll be better, right? Kids will feel more secure. And, you, you know, it's, it's this. You know, I, I, you know, the same group of kids the other day, attention, next thing. What was it? It was we need love. And, and love is basically love communicates you belong, right? If you don't believe that, uh, just think about what Jesus did for you and his family, right? He never makes you feel like you're unwanted. So anyways, I think this, and, and this kind of shifting gears here in belonging, and th- this is more if just relationship, practical one-on-one with kids, is by letting kids know that we care, by communicating with them, and by communicating, I, I don't mean this, because so often as, as adults, we just want to talk at kids, Instead of talk with kids, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, some, we just we, I got something to tell you, uh, but but it's it's just conversations, talking and listening. No, in other words, it, there's a there should be with every kid that we have a, a a a conversation with that there's a mutual respect that's going on. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. No, in other words, in other words, when you look at that little four year old with snot running down his face. You know, you, you still have to look and go, man, you know, God created that little fella, that little gal in his image. And recognize that, man, that there's gold there, that there's a calling there, that, that God wants to do great things there and speak to it as in respect. You, you know, it's like, it's like this guy right here. I've known him since he was three, right? Wherever, where did Noah go? Noah's gone. Where did Noah, Noah over there? I've known him since he was two years old. Right? I, I never thought that these guys would be such an important, well, don't cry, such an important part of my life as they are today. You know, I never knew that, hey, that they had to have their, their wives and men just being, doing life with us. Right? I never thought that. And, um, you know, same goes for all of us. I'll just leave it there before I get emotional. All right. Um, but, but I think this, when, when, we, when we love kids to a sense of belonging, uh, we, we will absolutely reap the greatest reward of having a relationship with kids, and it's simply this. What's the greatest reward? Is that they will open their hearts up to us, yeah. right? And, and I'll just say this, and, and, and this is for just practical wisdom. When you begin to build a relationship with any kid, once again, it doesn't matter if it's a church or if it's in your neighborhood or whatever, that at some point if you do that, that kid is going to open up their heart to you, and they're going to share what's going on. And you'll be shocked by a lot of things that you hear. But, but I do want you to know this. Um, don't expect that to happen in your, on your schedule and when it's convenient to you. Are you hearing me? Kids don't ever, ever, ever talk when it's convenient for you. They always do it when it's convenient for them. And, you know, I was talking to a, a mom the other day, and she was talking about her kid that's in another state now. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. That, that's bedtime. 
right? But, but he wanted to talk. And, and so, you know, the lesson there is this, is that when a kid starts to talk to you, you better stop what you're doing and you, and you better pay attention. And you better say it this way, when the door opens, you walk through it because it might not open again for a while. So true, right? Last thing, and we're going to go eat. <laughs> is this, is, once again, this is to all of us, is we need to, I love hearing kids in a room. Hopefully parents are like, Struggling, it's awesome. But, but listen, that number six here, pop-up number six, we need to invite the village in. Do you get that? I know I kind of already said that, but, but we need to be willing, and that's part of, we've been talking about community so much around here lately, and about having relationships with one another. We need to be willing to invite community in. Uh, you know, once again, some of you guys have, um, you've went through some very difficult times, and your kids have felt the impact of that. Let God use the people around you to bring healing to your kids. And part of that, and I'm not saying trust anybody with your kids, but I'm saying you, you, you need to be able to trust some people with your kids to have a voice in your children's life. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to close with a quote, and we're going to be out of here, right? Boy, you better watch it. My son just went, Yes. Don't make me put you in the closet, right? A little bread, a little water. <clears throat> Let me, I, I read this um, a few weeks back, and it really grabbed me. So we're going to throw up, just throw up that last quote you got there, Johnny. Yeah, I don't know if you guys see that. It's really small. But, but it says this, our children are the living messages we send into a time we shall not see. Wow right? Our children are the living messages we send into a time we shall not see. And that made me ask, you know, myself this question. I want to ask you this. What messages do we want their lives to be? What do we want to give? Will it be one that's obviously God-honoring and one that honors, uh, you know, people and loves people, however you want to say it, or do we want to be one that honors the world? Amen? So, let me kind of say, let me throw a blurb in. I, I never really liked doing this, but I'm going to do it today and, uh, because I want to communicate a certain thing. But, you know, as a church, if we, want, if we want to be about kids, if we want to be in kids' lives and we want to have an impact, um, then I think this, and, and this is a true statement, and I'm going to say this because I'm going to put a challenge out kind of to all of us, is, is our hearts, in other words, what we're saying, and our building isn't communicating the same thing. Do you guys get what I mean by that? Our hearts, our hearts for kids in our building isn't, isn't saying the same thing. Meaning this, that if you go downstairs in our kids' area, uh, it's, it, it's not what we want to communicate, Right? And so, and so here's what I want to ask you guys to do. You know, we, as a leadership team, we've talked, and, and we want to obviously do different things to the building. Obviously, you saw we painted the building, and part of that was because it was uh, the right season. Kind of hard to paint a building in February. And so, anyways, so we painted the building because that was the easiest thing to get done as fast as we could. But, but there's, we want to take basically, uh, you know, I won't bore you in all the walls we want to knock down, but we want to go downstairs. From the time you go downstairs, basically the whole downstairs becomes nothing but kids. And, and we want that to communicate something that's fun and lively for them, but it's also, um, 
Yeah, I mean, yes, that there's security there, the kids feel safe, uh, but, but also that, that, once again, it's, it's a place that kids, let me, let me go back to this, it's where they feel like they belong. It's a place of belonging. And so I'm going to ask you guys, listen, obviously it takes money. We have money in the bank. We steward money as best as we can around here. And, uh, you know, just in the fact that when the, the, the guys and gals came out, we painted the building, and we probably saved ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I love the church. Amen? I love the people here. So, so, so a lot of this we want to do ourselves, so that saves money. Uh, but, but if you want to be involved in that process of swinging a hammer or, or helping sweeping, I don't care what it is, uh, let Cat know. Cat, wave your hand. Yep, right there. And then uh, if you would like to give over the next whatever X amount of months, just, just write in there. This is for the, the children's or building project. Make it simple. Okay, fair enough. I'm done with that. Let's, uh, let's pray. Yes, my wife's telling me it's good. Or if you would like to get involved. Man, the greatest place to do everything we said today. I smiled at you, right? Is, is to volunteer in our children's department. We believe in children. We love kids. So if you got that, see Megan. I think Megan may be around here somewhere. She's about this tall. All right. She's downstairs. Awesome. So let's pray, and then we'll play announcements, and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll give you some instructions of what we're going to do about food. So I just want to pray for you really quick. Father, thank you for, God, every person that's here today, Lord, especially, God, all the children that are in the room today. And, uh, Lord, we just recognize, God, your identity, your calling, your destiny that's on every one of these kids. Lord, we recognize, God, how amazing they are. And so, Lord, as we talk today, uh, just as a village, God, just as a church family, God, help us to take everything that was said today, God, and get in their lives and, uh, and just, man, just help grow and develop and to uh, build them into who you've called them to be. Lord, we don't want to be people that, that uh, you know, look at some of these kids 20 years down from the road and see them as broken men and broken women. God, we want to see them spiritually healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy. And so, Lord, let us take not just our money, uh, but also our time, our effort, our energy, God, our words, God, our prayers, and God, help us to invest, God, all of that in these kids. And so, Lord, thank you for leading us in that. And uh, Lord, I'm just asking today, this may sound weird, gang, but, but if, there's, if there's people here today that, that have said in their own heart, man, I wish my parents would have dedicated me to the Lord, then Lord, help them to realize that the moment that they gave their life to you, they dedicated themselves to you. And, uh, and Lord, the fact that, that that bond's already there. And so, Lord, we just uh, bless your people today. God, if there's, if there's people that got kids here that, that are grown and aren't walking with the Lord, God, we just simply take a minute and just ask for their souls. God, we ask, God, that you would draw them back home. God, you could draw the prodigal's sons and the prodigal daughters. And we ask, God, that you would do it. God, that you would get a hold of their heart. And, uh, Lord, every life the enemy would be broken. And, Lord, your truth would prevail in their lives today in Jesus' name. And if there's parents here, God, that, that aren't in a right relationship with their kids, God, we're just simply asking that you would restore that relationship in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.